And this is Comic Picks by the Glick, your guru, your number one authority expert is here. Mr. Such Jason as it Lewis. is. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? All right. So it's like, I'm yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good. Just plugging plugging away at as always. And in a shocking bit of continuity from last time, I I will be talking about um, DC's um, latest event series, Flashpoint. Well, awesome. Awesome! Can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh, oh, will you? Ah, well, let's see how how it goes. Because originally I wasn't even planning on buying this series. Because I mean, it in in theory, um, basically, it's supposed to occupy a a pivotal moment in DC in DC history. Because this basically this series basically heralded the New Fifty Two as its as um its reality reality altering antics, essentially um. Reset, reset continuity, and um, la- and set the stage for like DC for the DC relaunch of last year. But it's one of those cases where like, you know everything I heard about it was just kind of like meh, and so it's like that's that's the kind of buzz that um like you know just gets me to think okay I'll just go ahead and see what the fruits of it are rather than the actual event itself. Now it was released as a it's a five issue series. It was released as a uh, as I said it's a twenty three dollar hardcover um, last year, and um it was. And you can, and it was, and it's you can buy it for like fifteen bucks now in soft cover. But the reason I picked it up is because when I saw it through Amazon, um, they were selling it for like forty-two percent off. And so for the low, low price of seven dollars and eighty-eight cents, I figured I looked at this and saw, you know, what the hell? Yeah. So that's that's how you're getting this podcast right now, and and the short version is, you know. I don't know. It's not all. It, to be honest, it's not all that great. I mean, compared to like uh, compared to Jeff Johns' other um, DC um, mega crossover, Blackest Night, this is clearly the less lesser series. And even though it it has um, really one truly stellar idea behind um, behind it, it's an idea that's not that's not entirely central to the, to the um, to the series' reality warping premise. And um, a lot of this and like the overall series itself, you know. I got five issues. It just feels way too short and compressed for um for like for a lot of the stories that are, they're trying to be trying to be told here. Okay, now basically the whole premise behind Flashpoint is that reality has been has been altered in weight, and um, the only person who can remember how how reality used to be was is the Flash, Barry Allen. Now, in this new this new in this um strange new world, um uh, um. Atlantis and um, and the Amazons are at war with each other. Like, like Atlantis has sunk the uh, has sunk the east the Eastern European continent. Um, the Amazons have taken up residence in, in Britain, and they're basically um, setting the stage to um, have the have the uh, battle to end battle to end all end all battles. And um, and as as um, Barry and as Barry Allen is like he's trying to figure out how do I how do I stop this world. He finds out that this. This whole that um, that his um, his enemy um, Eubard Thon, the Reverse Flash, may be behind it, and so he teams up with this universe's um, Batman in order to, in order to stop things. Now, now the now the really the closest comparison you can offer to the series is is um, as far as I can tell, uh, Marvel's um, or Marvel's um, classic X crossover, um, Age of Apocalypse. And um, I can I can say it's a classic because you know I was there in high, I was reading it in high school when it came out and so it gets I can print it up upon me as one of like, the the defin- defining um, X Men moments of the era and you all know how much I love X Men so so you've got 
but um, but the, the key difference here, um, you know, first of all, like uh, um, the Age of Apocalypse has proved to be like a you know defining, an enduring moment actually because because of how how not only did um key characters from that series um trans like transfer over into Marvel, Marvel Universe, which is Dark Dark Beast, Nate Gray, the Sugar Man. Uh, that's off the top of my head. Um, Marvel has also gone back to revisit the series in miniseries form, and in, and in the um, X Force arc, the Dark Angel saga, and now in its new ongoing series. So clearly, like this is a series that ha- that that has a lot of resonance and has a lot of commercial appeal for Marvel for for Marvel to keep coming back to it um, after all after all these years. Now, the thing is, now the thing is about about Rage of Apocalypse is that it had a clear defining moment. As far as what um, what what set up set up out this world that was ruled by Apocalypse, basically um, Professor X was killed by his son um, David Haller on Legion, um, who had gone back in time to try and kill Magneto, but he failed. But um, Professor X was killed, and that sets the stage for Apocalypse to um to take 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 over the world and uh, Magneto to lead um lead a much like a much dark much darker and less hopeful version of of the X Men, and you know, it's like it's been been a while since I've read these comics, but there is still, but you know, they still have that, there, yeah, that that, you know, that one defining moment that you could that you look at this and understand, like, okay, you know, like yes, things have changed, and I can see that, okay, this is probably how things would, this is how they, they would affect things, like, if, like, you know, this is how things would play out if, if Professor X wasn't there, you know, Magneto would take over the X Men because it was the, the, the dying wish of his friend, um, like Wolverine and Cyclops would have. They would they would have gone their own separate separate ways because they could they couldn't stand each, they can't stand each other and couldn't be um, forced to work together, you know think you know things like that. But um, it's like but with um, but with Flashpoint, well the thing is like the big like the big twist like the, the one defining moment that I that um, changes reality was apparently as far as I can tell set up in um, the Flash's own series um which. Lead in called them Road to Flashpoint, which you know I like. I figured like okay, you know it's not like yeah, it's 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 a prelude, but it can't offer that that much of a pivotal influence. Like you have to save the big reveal for the for the miniseries itself, right? Anyway, I don't know. I can't say how well it's set up because um because Flashpoint didn't inspire me to buy it to buy that that tie-in volume to check it out. It did inspire me to buy one tie-in volume, but we'll get to that in a bit. But the thing is, like the big finding moment, which um. Which caused um, rally to, al- to um, alter in like shocking and unexpected ways. Really, you look at this and think, really, that was it? I don't buy it at all. And that's and like yeah, you don't find this out until the until the very end. But it's but yeah, it's like you're just kind of like left thinking like oh that's it's it, it is kind of it is real real anticlimax. And I can admit, I can you know understand like yo. Like John's is um like attempt to try and like twist things by having like the hero be the ultimate perpetrator of what went what how things went wrong, but you know it's like it still doesn't really it still doesn't really grab me or come off as partic- as particularly compelling. It also features what is probably one of the dumbest moments I have ever I have read in superhero comics this year. I certainly hope it's the dumbest thing I'll read this year because you know think that I'd see something dumber than this because um, when we're introdu- when we start off the series, um, Barry Allen he's got no powers he's just a normal guy, 
And so that, but he still got his memories. And so he's got, he, so he tries to figure out a way, okay, you know, but in order to save this world, I have to get my speed back. So I need to go back and change time. So what does he try to do? Oh, he tries to, uh, he first, he tries to recreate the, the, uh, like the incident that um, like caused him to be the Flash, you know, being struck by lightning with all these um, bizarre chemicals. Um, now, that particular origin is just kind of like you know, it's it's a silver, it's a silver, silver, or yeah, it's pretty sure it's a silver age origin that just kind of like strikes me as being, uh, you know, okay, I was, I can understand like you know, being struck by lightning and having all these chemicals splash on you gives you super speed. Okay fine but you know to try and like say that oh this is a exact scientific method um no but that's not the dumbest thing dumbest thing is that he gets um he gets um struck by lightning doused by these chemicals and it doesn't work so he's lying there with third degree burns over his body batman's trying to treat him and um barry's going okay i need to do this again only with a bigger bolt of lightning yeah that's that's what we're talking about here, and um and the worst part is it works. So, I mean, yes, I can I, I get the feeling that Johns was shooting for a, a big cliffhanger moment at the end of um volume the second issue, but um to try to try and do that, but trying like but the way he goes about it is just it's it's just irredeemably stupid, and I just can't can't get behind it. I mean, there are some nice moments in this in this series like. Like when, um, like when we find, like when, um, Hal Jordan, um, has a nice, um, heart heart with his, um, with his, um, pilot, um, he- with his, um, with his mechanic, um, Hector Hammond, before he goes off to war, um, the, uh, the reveals of, um, this, of, of the Flashpoint Superman and how he's a startlingly different presence, um, from when, he's, when he was before, and, um, Element Woman. Um, who who is just like such a goofy goofy presence that um, it's hard it's hard not to like her, but um, but overall it's like I said it's it's like I said it's it was set up as like it's it it's, it was designed to set up the um, new fifty two basically saying that you know Barry's efforts to change the universe back results in this new timeline that that reboots everyone's continuity and incorporates the Wild Storm and um and certain characters from Vertigo um here, but. Overall, I can say you can just skip it. Um, however, though, it does, however, have one really great um, twist to it, and that is um, Flashpoint Batman, because Flashpoint Batman is not Bruce Wayne. It's his father, Thomas Wayne, because in the Flashpoint universe, um, Bruce was shot and killed, and this drove um, Thomas to be, his, to, uh, to be the Dark Knight. And that story is chronicled in the one, one ancillary volume I picked up, um, the World of Flashpoint, featuring Batman. And this story was um, was also chronicled by an A-list creative team um, of um, of Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rousseau, who were who gave us the classic 100 Bullets and the new and the new ongoing series Space, Spaceman, as well as other so other um, great collaborations as well. The uh, it's. It's a three. Issue, it's a question of a three-issue series, and um, to be honest, I just felt that I just wish that this that this um, series that they had been given more room to like, like to tell tell this particular story because I can't because it's going to be hard to just like you know because as an interesting concept as it is, it's I imagine it'd be kind of hard to uh, to try and go back to this let's see this particular idea later 
like at some point in the future. Because you know, like I mean, well, I can't. Like I said, it's only been it hasn't even been a year. But like I said, I can't. I can't imagine this having the same resonance as um, as Age of Apocalypse. So to try and have have this like have this story um, expanded expanded upon, it's like it's. I'm very grasping at straws this year, but you know, if, if, uh, if DC wants to indulge Azarello and Risso to do this, I say let them. I mean, because it's because um, even though it's like in the short amount of space that they've got, Azarello still still sets up an interesting, it's like an interesting depiction of Thomas Wayne Thomas Wayne as Batman as he's setting up a casino to try and bring crime to him to, faci- to help facilitate its control, and that he's also he's also a killer as well. Because when he encounters um, the Killer Croc, well, you know, one of them's not walking away from that from that particular encounter. But and also, and he's also um, like a friend of of Jim Gordon as well. So it's interesting to observe that that particular relationship too. And of course, you know, but the main the main thrust of the story is is of course the Joker because as you know, you've got to have you have to find out what yeah, is if there's a Batman. You know the alternate reality Batman story. You've got to have the alternate reality Joker as well. And this one, you know, it's like this one was cer- certainly clever and surprising because like I re- I'm not going to spoil any anything for, you, for for readers out there, but but it's certainly it's certainly a, like a, a drastically different different take. And I lo- like I said, it's like I said, it's a good story, but I would have loved to have seen seen them give, be given like a like a like more pages to work with. Um, if only. Because like there's like there's just so much more that could have been expand, expanded upon here. Yeah. That being said, um, the World of Flashpoint fe- um, featuring Batman features um, three other um, three issue miniseries as well: um, Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, um, Deathstroke and the Curse of the Ravager, and um, Secret Seven. Now, and um, looking at all these, um, you know, it's like they really don't inspire me to buy the. Uh, the other ancillary volumes as well. Um, Dead Man and the Flying Graysons. I mean, it's basically Boston. It's Boston Brand um, being like, like being a dick, and I'm working in a circus with um, Dick Grayson and his parents, and they're trying. And they're, they get they run afoul of the uh, Amazons trying to get their hands on the um, Helm of Nabu, and you know it's like I just I couldn't really bring myself to care about about a lot of about a lot of about a lot of these characters, especially I'm um, dead. Especially um, Dead Man's um, mega jerk um, characterization here. It's like even though it's like you know he uh, even his like like his realignment with his um, DC universe incarnation just feels kind of just feels forced and not not particularly inspired here. Like we're like we're um, like we're following a script here rather than any like you know storytelling impetus. Um, Deathstroke and the Curse of the Ravager is a little better because it's yet um, yet Slade Wilson um, the like DC Universe's one-eyed mercenary badass, um, being a pirate, he's going after. He's trying to look scour the seas for his daughter, coming up against DC, the um, Flashpoint version of um, of Warlord, and you know that's got some fun, like you know fun DC, fun pirate action here. But it's, but you know it's like really you could just I could just take her to leave it, as far as like as far as as far as actual story story being told here. It's got some nice art from Joe Bennett in the first. First two, first one and a half issues, though the um, though like the artists were clearly clearly pressed for time as the series went on, and the art just takes real takes a real big hit as as it goes on. Now the last miniseries here, um, Secret Seven, it's 
it's actually uh, um, has more of interest to um, a reader like me because it's written by Peter Milligan and it's featured centered around on one of his um, one of his um, one of the characters he helped define, um, Shade the Changing Man. Um, however, though it it's like it does um, like it's got some like some Milligan's um, you some Milligan's quirkiness in the in the writing, but it's basically the story of you know Shade like um like being forced into the position of being a leader again, um, meeting up with a nice nice girl and then worrying that oh, he may have killed his entire team beforehand and he's made do it again. So I mean it's just basically a uh, like a like a miniature to explain the pop one of the plot points in Flashpoint where one of the um supporting cast turns traitor and now you can understand why they did that by reading this. Um it does read like um Milligan had um like may have like some intentions of I um by having to um have this version of Shade um turn up in the D C universe or um, bizarrely enough, he could could be, he could maybe making this this version of Shade retroactively the uh, one we the one that was that um, he originally wrote his series about. But oh, but overall, it's like I mean, it's got some nice art from surprisingly um, George Perez in the first who does the first half of the first issue. Then um, Fernando Blanco t- takes over and does it does like a pretty good does a pretty good job with the rest rest of the series. I mean, it's. It's it's average it's average Milligan, which which means it's more distinctive than um, it's like than the other two stories featured here. But it's still not, but it's not something I'd say would be worth the price of this volume alone. Um, Bat, the Batman story, well, let's say it's like I kind of wish it was this was this is maybe just like this is only collected like two issue like two three issue miniseries because then I could easily say that you know yeah the second second um, miniseries was crap, but then um, like Batman. Like um like a Batman was worth buying by itself. This one, well, like I said, I I bought it so I could have something to talk about for this this podcast. And while Azarello and Risso's um story is good, um it's clearly the um the best part about about this about this volume by far. By far. By far. <clears throat> so you're saying save your money on the, on the Yeah, it's like were I were I a betting man, I would think that 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 um if um Azarello and Russo are still on good terms with DC in the next like say four or five years they may do what um what what DC did for um, Warren Ellis and John Cassidy's um Planetary Batman miniseries um one shot which is, they could reissue this series in a deluxe um hard in a deluxe hardcover edition with some extra, with some extras to fill out the page count but you know because this is like like clear, like clearly tied in as an alternate version of the character. It's like I said, it's like I said, it's tied into this specific event. So it's, it's debatable whether or not DC would want to, uh, like how much, much mileage they would get out from milking a, an alternate, alternate version of the character. Granted it's Batman and it's from an established creative team. So that's why I think it's, it may be possible, but you know, I wouldn't bet on it. And, uh, yes, Absolutely. Is that it for all of us? Is that is that it for tonight, sir? Yeah, it's like that's 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 it. And um, like I said, just tonight basically I'm just talking about talking about it's a complete it's a complete wash here. If you don't if you don't spend if you don't spend anything any money on um, what I'm talking about here, then that I consider that money well saved. <laughs> all right, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Comics Picks by the Glick. All right, later, everyone. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs>